Welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm so excited and grateful for the support that I've heard and that I've felt for this show so far, as well as the community that is being created. So thank you so much. I had to face all sorts of limiting beliefs and challenges for so long before actually launching this podcast. Things like I'm too late to the podcast game, which is so not true, it's a growing industry, or that people wouldn't relate to living a visionary lifestyle, or maybe that they wouldn't be interested in the content that I had to share. I'm sure some of you can relate, but I'm realizing that this message is so needed right now and more than ever actually as we come into awareness that we have complete control over our lives and the possibilities we encounter as visionaries are truly endless and limitless and I'm so excited to share in this message and this journey with you. So as you've learned this podcast is much more than just a health and wellness show. The me of five years ago fresh out of holistic nutrition school probably would have focused mostly on just that but I find that as I've grown through career transitions and doing a lot of self-development, launching my business, and really finding alignment and purpose in my work, I have become much more curious to chat with others on similar topics. So I'll be covering all sorts of visionary topics in the upcoming episodes, you know, the highs and lows of being your own boss, how to navigate a brand new industry, or staying positive when life gets hard. And I'll chat about why self-development is at the core of our being as visionaries and how to lead from our hearts and live a life that feels really, really good. If you're listening to this on the day that this launches, so that is Sunday, January 21st, I wanted to let you know that my signature lifestyle cleanse called Just the Essentials is starting up tomorrow. And I'll actually be keeping it open for enrollment until Tuesday, January 23rd. So this is a 21-day guided online lifestyle and whole body detox program that covers the 10 key pillars of health and wellness, including clean nutrition and stress management and fitness routines, supplementation, hydration, creating a non-toxic home and skincare routine and so much more. So again, this is guided entirely online by myself. And as I mentioned, I am a holistic nutritionist by trade, but also for this round, my sister who is a naturopathic doctor will be supporting the content. So I'd love for you to join us. You'll find so much value. You can do this at your own pace and I invite you to learn more if it does pique your interest at www.kelseyridle.com slash cleanse. Today on the show, we have Cheryl Torrance. So Cheryl and I met five years ago while working for Canada's largest grocery store chain. And this was a project that brought together nine incredible visionaries. But unfortunately, the project was canceled six months in and we were all let go. And Cheryl and I will touch on that in the interview. Luckily, many of us have actually remained good friends and through the power of social media, even though I don't get to see Cheryl as regularly, we stay connected online and we stay up to date on each other's lives that way. Cheryl is literally the definition of visionary, someone who lives with limitless potential, sky's the limit kind of attitude, happiness at the forefront of everything, 
And it's something that I so deeply admire in Cheryl because I know that life has not always been simple. As a teen, Cheryl spent many years on the streets in Toronto, addicted to drugs. With no schooling beyond grade nine and no set career path, Cheryl found her way into cooking almost by accident, working in the chefing industry in many unique ways, even cooking pet food at one point. Cheryl started inching towards her passion and strengths with each and every career change, eventually leading to where we recorded the episode, which is Torque Ride in Toronto. Cheryl is now the studio manager at a beautiful spin studio in Toronto's East End, again, where we recorded this podcast, which was really cool. So aside from her studio manager job, Cheryl is a self-proclaimed happiness hero, How cool is that? And a motivational speaker. And truly, you guys, Cheryl is the real deal. Um, During our recording, we chatted about the importance of online and offline community. We chatted about why happiness will trump owning multiple cars, cottages, and homes any day. We chat about finding a fitness routine you love at any age and what the wow factor is and why you need to use this concept if you're a business owner. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned till the end to find that out. And, you know, Cheryl talked many times about how community is really important to her and how she's really found home in Leslieville, which is a neighborhood here in Toronto. And I kid you not, there were at least five people who walked by the window of where we were recording the podcast And they were all waving at Cheryl with big grins on their face and she would politely wave back. And I just think like how cool to have such strong ties and to really feel so connected um, within not only the work that you do, but in the community that you live in and contribute to. So Cheryl truly is a a visionary of what's possible in this lifetime. And I know that you're uh, you're going to really enjoy this episode. Let's dive right in. Thanks for doing the podcast, No problem. No problem. Um, So just to set the scene, we are here at Torque Ride in Leslieville, and that's in Toronto. And Cheryl is the studio manager here. How long have you been the manager? Uh, I took it full time, uh, I think in April, yeah. Okay, cool. And you're loving it, obviously. I absolutely love it. It's good to (laughs) work Because we see on Instagram and we're like, we want to come to (laughs) Torque because Cheryl's dancing up a storm there. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, we're here at the studio and a class just wrapped up. So the studio is quiet and it probably isn't like this very often, but it's a really cool setting to be recording today. So... Thanks for coming on. Thanks and, for having me. Um, so Cheryl and I actually know each other from about four or five years ago. And to set the scene a little bit, we started working for one of Canada's largest grocery store chains. And, you know, it was kind of like this dream job that we just got thrown into and we all loved it. And uh, there was a pack of six of us who were launching this new concept for a grocery store. and. We had these really fun jobs on a day-to-day basis. We got to 
create menus together and try new foods and go meet vendors and plan the actual retail space and we got to connect with the community in Toronto here where we're recording and it was really really cool and about six months into our contract we actually <laughs> abruptly got walked into a lunch meeting and we were all let go so it's uh, one of those situations where you look back on it now and think like, of course, like it's, you know, maybe that was meant to happen. We're all in better spots because of it. But going back to that moment, I think for both of us, it was just a moment of confusion. And we thought we had landed these careers that maybe we would have held on to until today. So that's a little bit about how Cheryl and I connected. But can you just take us back to that moment and how you felt losing a job that you adored so much? Well, the fact that we were all handpicked for our um, titles and the fact that we were on to a brand new concept that wasn't happening in Toronto in terms of retail and grocery and community and the food that we were putting in our bodies in conjunction with fitness, that we had spent so much time creating this baby um, it was pretty devastating to walk into that lunch meeting and I could I guess probably we all imagined ourselves being there for five years and which I totally did yeah. I thought I had landed that dream job but like you said you know things happen for a reason and um, it took a little while to kind of figure out where I was going from there and I you know I did what I needed to do to pick up the pieces but um, eventually it landed me here which is along the similar lines of kind of what we were doing back then which was fitness and happiness and motivation and inspiration definitely and can you talk a bit more about what you were hired for at um, this grocery chain uh, I was hired well I think I was hired one because I'm just a happy bubbly person <laughs> and um, I'm a good motivator of people and I was also a chef so I was hired to come in and do the food end of things and how you can um, make things healthy but in a faster way, um, get people in for breakfast, get them back for lunch, and then get them packing up their grocery bags with, with dinner items and kind of giving them, getting them in there seven days a week um, and looking after themselves. So I was working with um, a big head chef at the grocery chain to come up with unique ideas and we had really worked hard and we had a lot of great things and so it's just kind of sad to see it die down mm -hmm. so yeah I think it would be worth diving in a little bit more so you were hired as a chef yes. basically yeah. for this project where did that start from did you go to school chef school did you work in restaurants your whole life can you take us back to maybe what you were doing prior to me meeting you? So 20 years ago, I was working in, in social services. I was working in a women's shelter. I was a residential counselor, and that organically grew out of me. Uh, I was an ex-street kid and an ex-drug addict, and I had gotten my life together, and I'm, some people who were in the field invited me to come and kind of start working with people in group homes and shelters, and I just did it on a relief basis, and then I got a full-time gig. It was way more money than I'd ever made. And I thought, you know what? I like this, but it's not really my passion. And I didn't know what my passion was. And the neat thing about the shelter was we were open 24 hours. 
So quite often I would cook in the middle of the night on my overnights and I realized that I really had a love for cooking. So I took a year sabbatical and I put myself through chef school and I fast-tracked my um, certificate and I started working right away as a chef. And did you immediately know that like that was your passion or where, how did you figure that out that that was going to be? I knew for a kid who didn't even finish grade nine that um, I did really well at it. Mm -hmm. I was able to manage a lot of different jobs at the same time. I had great time management, good people skills. Um, I was able to put flavors and recipes together. I was able to cook like massive amounts of food for tons of people and do it really well and execute it extremely well. Mm -hmm. So in the prepared foods movement, so you talked about a restaurant, I never worked a restaurant in my life. I always worked in fine foods, butcher shops, those kind of Epicurean places. Um, But when we did it, we did it for tons and tons of people, right? Like on large scale. So, and that's what I've been doing for 20 years. Awesome. And you even at one point got into pet food, didn't you? Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Well, puppies need catered foods. Like we have a whole food movement for dogs, which has gone from prepackaged food, which you know, in the day, it served its purpose, but yeah. it's not, you know, same for humans. It's not great for pets. And then you also have some pets that have, you know, cancers and blood diseases and things like that. And there's things they can eat and things they can't, or maybe the pet's at the end of their life and they just need some good, delicious food. So they're comfort, right? And, and I was able to do that for a little while. Yeah. So yeah, you, uh, I think like myself, but obviously you have many more years of experience in that. Like we've both been on career journeys that have probably sent us to many places that we've never even imagined. And I think through all that, we just learned to teach ourselves transferable skills, right? Like through every job, like there's always a learning and there's always something that you can take from it, no matter how junior or senior it is. And for people who are feeling stuck in their career right now, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast are potentially unhappy in their job or, you know, they're kind of looking for that next step and maybe don't know how to get there. Or I think a lot of people are just afraid to make a career change because you've gone through so many different careers in your life and jobs, what would you say to someone who potentially is working a job, whether that is in a butcher shop right now, or maybe they're working at a corporate job 40 hours a week, what would you say to someone who's potentially unhappy and looking to make a change? Like you've obviously navigated these changes many times throughout your life. So how could you kind of let someone know that it is possible to shift gears at any time in your life? I think for me, I think having 20 years in the chef industry has been rewarding in ways, but it has been really brutal, brutal on my body. As I mentioned before, I'm a recovering drug addict. I'm a second time recovering drug addict because I worked in kitchens because you work long hours. You don't get sick time. You don't get vacation time. You get shit pay, right? Mm-hmm. So, But it was what I knew. So I kept going back to it, but I kept going. It was almost like an abusive relationship. And it took, it took for me to leave it for me to understand that, oh, actually I've been doing this work and it doesn't treat me very well. And the minute I 
I've always thought, I'm just looking for happiness. I just want to get up every day. I want a smile on my face. I don't want somebody to treat me like crap. I don't want somebody to like think I'm great, use my skills and then treat me like dirt, you know? And I really believe that you can wake up and be happy. And so I was able to talk to Julie, the owner of Twerk, and I had worked part-time for her. And she just said, come back. I just want you to be happy. And you know, part of me, because of my work history and because of things, you don't fully trust it, but I've been here. So it's been open a year and a half. So I've, I've literally been here a year and a half and since April as the studio manager. And I literally, that's what I get to do every day. I get to yeah. wake up and be happy. And I made the decision at the age of 48 with my wife and deciding like, I don't know anything about the fitness world, but I know about happiness. I know about customer engagement and I know how I like to travel in the world every day and I can bring it here to this space and to the community and to, I, I pretty much know everybody's name and I know stuff about them. Yeah. It's that important to me. And that is, I think, a spectacular thing about this studio. People probably don't get that elsewhere. It's such a differentiating factor and so yeah it's really cool how you landed here so how did you connect with the owner of torque in the first place uh well quad east it was in our community and it closed down and it's another it was, spin studio. it was quite devastating to the population of leslieville um yeah. you know when you're used to showing up and and doing your fitness and it's part of your regular routine when it's not there you feel it and i tried to go to another gym and i tried to do stuff and one of the instructors there passed my name on to julie and then I went for an interview. And at that time I was doing consultation work. Um, so I just worked part-time and it was great. I just took shifts as I needed them. But it, it's my spin studio, so it's really important for me when I come in here that I do what I can to make sure that every single customer is welcome, the place and the space is a high standard, and that they just enjoy themselves and that they know they can keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had a similar experience. So you said you started kind of working for her in consulting and then that led into a full-time job, right? And maybe you didn't know that at the time, but obviously that's kind of how it evolved. But when I first started teaching at a spin studio in Toronto as well, I remember taking a, actually I started with a front desk job there and I was just, you know, looking for about 20 hours while I was going to school, but they couldn't offer me that. But I just kind of had this feeling like I really like this place and I want to make a difference here and I want to connect with the fitness community. And so despite my parents maybe saying, well, you should probably look for something that's a little more um, high paying or that can provide you more consistent hours. I think when you kind of just get that gut feeling like I want to be part of this movement, sometimes you just have to you have to go for it and start somewhere I think a lot of people they look for like that you know gold carrot dangling in front of them that the whole package in a job but oftentimes you you just have to get your foot in the door That's right? right right and from there you never know what opportunities and Absolutely. another thing I find that a lot of the people who listen to this podcast and the community they forget to express what they want. And I'm not sure how this looked for you, but it's like, if you're looking for full-time work, start telling more people and, and start being the person who, who just shows up more consistently and 
nurtures relationships with the people you know could potentially hire you at some point and yeah just be that familiar face so that when a job does pop up you're there and you're present so um yeah i would just say for anyone who's thinking they want a career change just start somewhere it can be so small as to walk into a studio introduce yourself if that's kind of where you're feeling pulled to to work or maybe spend more of your time and then just let them know like hey if something ever comes up you know I'm here so that's really awesome and um, you know what do you love most about your work right now like you mentioned the people yeah it's is the that kind of what the people make you it they make it they make my day and it's you know I just come around the other side of the counter and I make sure I'm fully engaged in them you know because without our customer base we wouldn't be who we are yeah right so like my job for Julie is to protect the customer base and it's there's no falseness to it there's no I don't make it up it literally is who I am Mm -hmm. and what I have learned is that it does not come naturally to people and so I guess in some ways I'm really really lucky that I am such a people person yeah Um, but I know the details about their life I know to check, when I don't see them, I email them. I'm like, hey, just reaching out to you. Are you okay? Because they're my daily people. Like when you're not, when you show up for a 6, 10 a.m. class and then I don't see you and you haven't told me you're on vacation, I just want to touch base and make sure you're okay. Yeah. Right? That is such an awesome business tip. Um, I just, I feel like that is what is lacking right now in a lot of businesses, whether you have an online business or a physical location like where we are now it's the littlest of things that can make people feel so special so no matter what industry you're in if you're listening to this podcast like something so simple I think as a text message or an email like the fact that you send personal emails aside from the newsletters that Torque probably sends out to their whole customer database that's like one of those things that when that email from Cheryl lands in your inbox and it says, hey, I didn't see you at this morning's 7 a.m. class, like, how's everything going? I think those are the unforgettable moments that make people come back. And Absolutely. that type of customer service is 100% lacking. Like I had a guy who took a class yesterday and left about a third of the way through, and he's a serious rider. Like, his numbers are fantastic. And I was like, are you okay? And I checked in with him. And he'd just been let go of his full-time job that he'd had for a really long time. And so we talked a little bit, and I, I just told him to shrug it off. You know, he's a competitive guy, and he felt really bad. One, that he left the class, and two, that he didn't have it in him. And so we talked about self-care for the weekend, and I sent him an email this morning, and I just said, just so you know, next time you come in, here's a little something for you behind the desk. And it's a little bit of gear, and it's um, a little note tell him to keep his chin up and another free class on us because he had to leave the class but you know he's dealing with something right now and we just want to tell him that we've got our arms wrapped around you so come back when you're ready and we're here Mm -hmm. right absolutely okay we are back we had a member pop in to claim a beautiful sweater actually it's really nice up in here and that is the joys of in-person recording right yeah this is real time (laughs) Um, okay, so wherever we left off, I think we're chatting about like surprising and delighting, right? You're mentioning the guy who got let go from his job, and anyways, it's those moments where you go a little above and beyond and 
again, I mentioned this, but I think that's really lacking in businesses right now is that personal touch, especially with so much shift to online and social media marketing that I think we forget that the smallest thing and that person, personal connection that we have the ability to make, whether that's giving them a $1 item or just a hug or like you said, some swag from the studio, it could probably shift his entire week to Absolutely. more of a positive. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I think there actually needs to be a whole new movement and I would teach it and I would be honored to teach it to anybody that reached out to me for their business because it, it really, it does come naturally to me, but it can be taught. And I think because we have moved away from that personal touch where it's you roll up in your car and you've already pre-ordered your Starbucks. And so what if the person on the microphone is like, here's your coffee. Like we don't, we don't expect or push for better interaction. Like you're coming into contact with these people every day. You're delivering a service to them. And especially here in Leslieville, if you take a look at the fitness map, it is rammed, jammed. Like if one more fitness place just happens to come in. So all of these customers could choose to go anywhere else. I have people that come from the West End at 6, 10 in the morning. Why? Because it's about feeling good about where you work out, right? We're in the business of happiness here. We're in the business of the customer experience. So. So everything from the spray on our towels to us welcoming you through and showing you the studio to getting you set up on the bike to connecting you with the instructor and then following up as soon as you're done and then following up with an email and then saying thank you with some swag. That's the way the world should work. Yeah, right? that is like outstanding Absolutely. customer service. And it, it, I don't know if you remember from when we worked together, it's the wow factor, it's right? It's the wow factor. And that's, I always try and impress on my front of house staff. You never know who's coming in. So I always act as if each and every single one of them is that celebrity. And so I try and send the wow factor absolutely every single time that door opens. That is so good. So remember that the wow factor, if anyone is struggling with their business or their project right now, like that is probably the secret sauce that we're missing here. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you've mentioned the neighborhood, Leslieville, a couple times. Did you grow up here in Leslieville? No, I grew up in the beach, but being located here is very much like the beach. Basically, when I grew up, we knew everybody in our neighborhood, and we called everybody uncle and aunt. Like, cool. we were very close-knit community. Now, the beach has changed over time, and, and you definitely have to be of a certain kind of financial bracket to live there but a little bit here too but they seem a little more grassroots here and it's like the old times of when you knew everybody like my wife always laughs because we constantly get stopped because I know everybody right I can never go anywhere without being like oh there's so-and-so or they come over I just had a drink at Greta Solomon's the other night and this woman from the chef industry was like hey I'm Paulina oh my god and she's just like we can never go anywhere but that's the importance of community, right? Because when you gotta lean on somebody, that's who you want, right? You want people to know your children. You want people to know, like if you're working in the local butcher shop, what your order is and what you like and what can I interest you? Mm -hmm. Like that's what makes a community tick. Yeah, and how did you start meeting people in this neighborhood? I started working here and we, yeah. um, we moved three years ago here. 
Um, so it's just been a natural, and it's kind of a, a really integrated community because back in the day when I was a young kid, this was a rough neighborhood. And as you can tell, it's kind of hipstery, yuppie. It's a lot of families, and then you also have lots of community buildings, right? So drop-ins and health places and housing, and it's all really integrated. But Leslie Villians really like that integration, right? Yeah, they don't they, resist it. They don't resist it. They don't say, not in my backyard. I'm Yes, some of them do, but my experience is the majority of them are like, absolutely, you need help, stay in this community and we'll get you the help. Yeah. You're very involved. Very that's involved. so cool. Yeah, I think that's so great to have a community physically that where you live that is so supportive and diverse. And one other thing that I wanted to kind of segue into, and this works out great, is you seem to have a really powerful online community. And you use your social media in a really positive way. And that's something that I want to bring a lot more awareness to through what a visionary life is and just through my message as well on social media because I think there are still quite a few people who use their social media in a negative way or who feel as though social media is only a waste of time and that there's not much good that can come from it. And I truly do believe that if we are to curate our feeds and we consciously use our platforms like Instagram and Facebook to spread good messages and to connect with people and to create an online community so that when you're not out and about you still kind of feel part of something so because you seem to have such a solid crew of people who engage with your content and who clearly really enjoy what you're putting out through your instagram i'd love to know first of all before we dive deeper is this something that you consciously try to grow and do you see your Instagram for example as a business where you're trying to get followers or is this just kind of something that you you do in your spare time how do you feel about well it actually started here at to work because I would work the early mornings and the instructors were in the class and you know because you're an instructor how important the music is and I'm telling you the music playlists were like I couldn't stop dancing and I just kind of made a video like of me rolling towels and then and then all of a sudden I was like, I can't stop dancing. And then I put a dancing one on and I, all of a sudden it went from like 10 likes or views or whatever to 25, then to 50. And now, and then all of a sudden my handle started to grow. I'm I'm up over 2,200 people. I know, I'm just like, I don't even so know how it happened. <laughs> and more than that, because as someone who kind of works in social media a lot, like I know that it's not always about the number, but your engagement rates, and I know that sounds so like technical, but if you guys haven't checked out Cheryl's Instagram, she's chef underscore inked, and people comment on those videos like no tomorrow, like here I am posting things, like asking people to reply, and I'm not getting much, and you post a video, and like I just, I truly think that for some people, that is the, the highlight of their day. That's scary if that's the highlight of their day. <laughs> I mean, it brings a smile to everyone's it's ridiculous, face who watches it. But it literally, it's not curated. So I've had yeah. some discussions of late that, you know, everybody 
some people use it for business and so everything's curated and my wife laughs at me all the time because there's spelling mistakes or I leave out words or she's like why didn't you just edit that film and I don't care I just don't care because this is me I'm raw I'm real if you don't like me unfollow me if you don't want to see me you don't want to listen to me you don't give a crap then get rid of it but the reality is is when I don't post I get in trouble Where's my Junior Friday video? My wife said to me yesterday, um, there's been no Junior Friday video in a long time, but I work later in the day now, right? <laughs> and so like people tell me, but what people also tell me is either openly on the feed, how they feel about it, or nine times out of 10, it's personal. So I find that I'm almost like a little dirty secret. Like they, they watch and I have no idea because I don't really go back and look at who's on it no. unless you leave a comment. And so all of a sudden out of the blue, they'll be like, oh my God, I love your videos. I watch them every day. They make my day. And I'm like, but you've never openly said it and you don't, I never see you on it. So I have no idea. And they're just randoms, but they live for it. Yeah. It's cool. I, I think you created something really unique and it's so true just by being you and not posting these like overly curated videos that have been edited with sound and text over them like it is just real time yeah and we are so lacking in that right now <laughs> absolutely so I have to ask what is junior Friday is that Thursday that is Thursday <laughs> because we have a whole movement of you know where we used to live for Friday nights and you know, the restaurant and the bar industry is really up their game and it's actually their fault probably because all the people that would wait for Friday can now squeak it in on Thursday. And I'm sure product productivity on the, on Friday sucks <laughs> at most businesses because people go out Wednesday night, Thursday night. So, uh, I don't even know how I came up with it, but it kind of stuck and people literally I'll see them or I'll get an email or a text and they're like, it's Junior Friday. It literally is a word now that people use. And I love it because when you work all week and you do the grind, it's important to get excited. So you know that you basically have eight hours the next day to get through. Yeah. Like you can kind of skate through Friday. So Junior Friday is the more exciting day. I love that. I definitely am going to implement this. I remember in university, um, my fiance Dave had Thirsty Thursdays. Yes. And I feel like we kind of lost the excitement for Thursdays after we stopped celebrating that. So this morning I was telling Dave, I said, oh, I'm getting ready for like my interview with Cheryl. And I said, she always posts these videos and hashtags them Junior Friday. Do you have any idea what that means? He's like, of course, it's Thursday. That's right. <laughs> I was like, have I been missing out on this secret? I should be it's dancing. It's a great this. secret because anybody can sail through eight hours of a job right Absolutely. on Friday and then you're, you're good to go. So true. So in loving on your social media content, I came across this video and it really stuck with me. So something that you posted one day and it was probably in the month of December, early January, and this kind of is shifting gears a bit, but you said that you feel like a millionaire. You are rich and not in the traditional sense. You went on to say, I don't own a house, I don't own a car, I don't own a vacation property, but I am rich in loving myself and in loving myself how I walk in this world. So, okay, can you break this down? Where did this thought or, yeah, where did this come from? Well, being 49, 
quite, and I, and I think human beings do it. So I quite often compare myself to others and I can get really down on myself because if you take a look at almost everybody who would stand in my age category, they have had a long-standing career, they own a house or some kind of property, condo, etc. They go away on vacations, etc., etc. It's not I do go away on vacations, but you know maybe their bank account looks different than mine. Probably most of them. <laughs> but screw it. <laughs> it took me a while to rethink the whole thing because people gravitate to me because they think I've got it. Right. And in fact, I do have it. And it took me a really long time to be like, wait a second. I need to tap the hell into this resource because if you can wake up happy and you can go to bed happy and you can have fun during the day and you can pay your rent and you can buy groceries and you've got housing and you've got warm clothing and you've got good friends and family. What the hell else do you need? You don't need anything else. Right. And I come from a place of living on the street. So when you literally don't have anything, you're thankful. People always invite me for dinner and they're always like, I'm so nervous cooking for you. I'm like, girl, you could cook me mac and cheese from KD and I would be happy, ketchup or no ketchup. Mm -hmm. Like I am literally glad that I have food in my belly, right? So I'm, I'm really silver lining kind of person. And so I have a ton of things and I have I'm real, I'm honest, I'm authentic. Um, I believe in putting other people before myself. I believe in building other people up. I believe in a team effort. I believe in rallying around each other. You know, it's really important to me. So I could tell you that a lot of people don't have that, that inside of them, mm -hmm. and I do. And that is literally who I am every day. Yeah, absolutely. And that is actually part of why I started this Visionary Life podcast was to show people that a visionary life does not necessarily look like owning your house and getting the two cars and having a job that mediocre like. Um, there's a different way and I always operate on the phrase to live a want to life and not a have to life. So I hear a lot of people in my network saying I have to go to my job and I have to do this after work and I have to pay my mortgage and, and yes a lot of these things we do have to do but when I hear people who are in this cycle of saying that so often it feels to me as if they're living they're not living a want to life they're not doing anything for the sake of just filling their own cup up and being happy and I actually think that a lot of people are living quite the opposite of what you mentioned in that quote so you said I don't have the house I don't have a car but I love myself and you love how you're showing up in this world and what I see on the contrary is that a lot of people they do have the cottage they do have the car they do have the house but they don't have any self-love and they're actually not conscious in yes, this world absolutely and it's not that you have to fall into one or the other but I, I know that there is a movement beginning that people are starting to feel as though their happiness needs to come from within and not externally. So I think that's just such a powerful message that you shared and that video really struck a chord with me because that is absolutely my life goal is to 
find that happiness not from the things that I own or anything like that, but to instead practice that self-love to the point of it doesn't matter what happens to me or where I'm at with my possessions because I'm so content. And so thank you for putting that message out into, into the world and the Instagram universe. And kind of along those lines, you mentioned that your word for this year is self-love and self-care. Is that not something that you used to practice consistently before this? Why this year for the year of self-love? Well, I, pr I do practice it, but you know, life goes on day in and day out. And sometimes you got to reset and refocus and remember. Um, and somebody's self-care has to happen on a daily basis, right? Um, you know, I'm busy. I work here. I work out. I have a partner. We get up to stuff. I have friends. I have family, right? There's lots of other commitments. And sometimes you can go so fast through a week and then a month is gone. And so you got to kind of go back to the basics. Okay, how can I look after myself? What do I need to do? What would make me feel better, right? So um, without making a resolution, because I don't do that, it's just about resetting myself. And so um, I spent New Year's talking about the things about the year that I loved and about my intentions for the upcoming year. And it is about self-care and self-love because you have to do it on an ongoing basis, right? Mm -hmm. You have to fill the bucket up. And what does self-care look like for you? Uh, self-care for me is taking time for me, taking a moment to stop and really pay attention to what's happening around me. Um, it's about figuring out what my next steps are going to be in relation to my happiness and um, just in terms of making sure I'm on course and everything that I'm doing feels good. And then in turn, how that relates to my relationship, in turn, how that relates to my job and then to all my other relationships. Do you actively plan out where you want to be in the next two years, five years, or what does that look like for you? Well, because this was a brand new kind of career path without me really, like I just kind of took it with a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it means for me in the next while. I'm definitely pursuing the motivational and inspirational speaking. Um, it's been good so far. I think I can push the envelope on that. Um, it comes pretty easy to me. Um, and it is, I, I can tell you from being on social media and that there is a happiness movement. What, what social media has taught me is that there is a happiness movement happening in Toronto and beyond and that all of the connections that I have made in the transformation of my life. So you also have to remember, Torque also transformed me physically. Um, so I've had a mind and body transformation and in that healthy aura I have gotten all these other happiness movement people and so there's this really sexy thing that's going on where we're just riffing off of each other. So like I don't know where it's going to be. I can tell you that my mind and my body are definitely a part of my next move. I don't see myself leaving Torque anytime soon because I absolutely love this place and I love what it's about and I love the way that Julie has structured it um, so 
I, I hope I don't go anywhere for a while, mm-hmm. but I think there's there's other things extra on top of that that I can involve myself in that are interesting to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it seems to be the new normal now that we, you know, often have multiple jobs and different roles and because we're feeling pulled to maybe, yeah, just be part of a few different movements. And I think that's almost the new normal in career paths, right? It's, I think we, we had this pre thing that happened where as a society and as parents we basically passed on that you do the same job one job that's all you do you give them 40 years of your life you retire right people don't want to work like that people are creative like people have a lot of things to say they have a lot of energy they want to be part of little things here and there and I think that's really where the working world has gone you know I would say at the end of that, you know, it can be a struggle because financially it's nice to know when that regular paycheck is coming in. So it can be a little bit of an adjustment um, and is not always, especially for me, totally favorable. But if you can find something that's steady and then you can build on that, it's a cakewalk. Definitely. Yeah, it, there's always, it's always possible, right? You yeah. just have to take that first leap and and, and work hard for it, right? Get out and, and meet people and look for opportunities. So you mentioned a little bit about finding your fitness journey when you found Torque. So what was your fitness journey like growing up and you know, into how it is today? Like where did this evolution start from? Because you've obviously gone from um, potentially not loving activity to now you seem to be working out consistently and you found what you like so can you take us through that journey yeah sure so as a kid um, I grew up in the beach and there basically wasn't any sport or any kind of physical thing that I wasn't involved in I was I played more sports than my brothers um, and just because of where I grew up and what was available to me, you know, it was tennis school, it was sailing classes, it was soccer, it was softball, it was volleyball, it was swimming, right? Like, there really wasn't anything that I didn't do. And it came very easily and very natural to me. It was never an effort. It was never an effort. I could get up at five o'clock in the morning and head to school and play volleyball, swim at noon, and then go and play something else after. Um, and then I lost it. My world was severed. I left home at the age of 15 and I, I ended up on the street and it took me a long time to get off the street. And then from there, um, I just lived my life, but not active at all. Mm-hmm. And I tried to get it back, but it came at a very big cost. I was a smoker and I was a larger person. So it was a major effort for me to play hockey, which I tried. And then I just let it go and I never, involve myself in it and you'll remember when we worked together you all would plank you'd be like hey we got five minutes everybody plank and I'd be like I want to shoot myself I just want to eat a burger (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't get it I didn't get it and then all of a sudden um, fitness was introduced to me through there and I didn't fully get it until um, I, I had started boxing and the boxing coach wasn't available. And Tamar, my wife, was at quad and she was like, um, come spinning. And I was like, no way. Uh-uh. Those are not my people. They all wear Lululemon. I'm not going. But I was feeling like I needed something. So I started to go and it began to change my life. And then it closed and 
torque opened and it was just a no-brainer that I had to get my butt in here and on a bike because I absolutely missed it and then that transpired into me trying my confidence build so and not only did my confidence build but I became a part of a community and those lovely people extended themselves to me by inviting me and I all of a sudden tried a class here and I tried a class there and then I landed at New Frontier Fitness um, and Which I do, is what? It's um, owned by, so Charlotte and her partner Jason own it. It's at Jones and Gerard. And they have been instrumental in taking my fitness to the next level with their instructors. So I do caveman and fighter training and kickboxing there. Wow. And as of right now, um, we're training. We're hopeful. I'm on two fight dockets to get me a boxing match. Hopefully third week of April, and if not, then in June. So I'm now training to do a boxing match at the age of 49. My wife told me I could have one boxing match. So I'm taking Congratulations. it. I'm taking it. That is <laughs> so epic. So whether I get clobbered or I, I, I come out the champ, I'll come out the champ, um, I'm getting a fight. <laughs> so it went from absolutely docile to a size 44 pants to wearing a 36 pants and going from 268 to 210. Wow. So like it took over three years and I did it really well and I had a lot of people reach out and help me and that's another reason why social media is so amazing because it's I am connected food wise I am connected with um, the fitness community and so it's encouragement and it's you know sometimes it's me reaching out to other people and sometimes it's them reaching out to me and just the buddy system and get the hell off the couch and let's do this and I'll do it with you and hey what are you eating tonight okay well you should be more protein heavy and yeah. add some veggies in right like it's been amazing and it has transformed my life and my mind absolutely my mind and how I how I wake up every day yeah I think that's so inspiring and I love that you've kind of done this with a combo of in-person connections and online because you know, if you are listening to this and you live in a smaller town, maybe you don't have all these fitness options that we here in Toronto have, but there's always someone online that you can start up a conversation with and you never know who wants to hear from you too. So just making those connections and if someone inspires you on Instagram or Facebook, like just send them a direct message. Absolutely. There's nothing I love more than you know, getting a message from someone random who enjoys my content because oftentimes we'll end up chit-chatting and potentially meet up sometime. It's it's truly incredible, the power that social media and how it can connect us. Um, so that's awesome. What do your weekly workouts look like now? Take us through Cheryl's So fitness. Monday night, I always ride Justine's class. Um, Tuesday night, I do... Uh, it's now Caveman with Kian at um, New Frontier Fitness. Wednesday night, it's kickboxing at Frontier Fitness. Um, sometimes I'll ride on Thursday nights. Sometimes I ride on the weekend, but it depends on how busy it is. And then I always do at least one day of caveman or kickboxing on the weekend. So I'm doing kickboxing on, on Saturday, and I'm doing caveman on Sunday. And then it all starts again. Do you take a rest day? Absolutely. You do? Absolutely. Okay. That's awesome. Do you think that you would have gone through this fitness and health journey if 
you didn't have the community and if you were just going to a gym on your own or do you think I can't that, imagine going to just a gym on my own. So you think finding these incredible spots and the people to surround you with are kind of the key to making a shift? And I will also say that the instructors, and you'll know this, the instructors in the hours and the time that they put into their programming, to their music, to taking the time, setting people up, it is key. Yes, we're an amazing, clean, fun studio, but if the instructors hadn't been able to give me and guide me through, right? Like, I think about going just to a gym and you know maybe there's one person behind the desk and maybe there's somebody that walks around nobody's checking your form nobody's checking in with you nobody's making sure that you're doing a program and that you should be doing something else the next day like if you did arms you shouldn't do them again you know what i mean there's nobody there for that i would rather pay a premium price to have somebody who has the accolades behind them to make sure i'm doing what i'm doing right that my body's responding in the right way and that they know what they're doing and they're putting me through a program that I'm going to get results on. And that's, I know that that's what we have at Torque, right? And that's what I go to New Frontier Fitness for is I, I pay for that knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Like these people have been in school or they've been in the fitness industry or, you know, for a long time, they know what they're doing. I, I went to another spin class and nobody checked on anybody. And I was watching, you know, we did dance on the bikes and I'm not knocking that, it's just not for me. But like, when you're engaging your body in a certain way, you have to have people making sure your form is good, right? You can really injure yourself if that's, if that's what you're doing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I would rather pay in a place that has that standard of instructor um, so that you know what's happening with your body and that you're being looked after and that you're doing a ride. I, I want to be able to talk to the instructor who can explain to me why we did a Tabata and why we did the hills for half of the class, right? <laughs> Although you hate them, but right? it's like, if you can tell me why, then I would like gladly I, I take Marijuana's um, high interval training on the bike and sometimes I want to kill him because it's so intense, but the metrics at the end of it it, which is his goal if you just stick with it and you follow him the metrics are crazy yeah you know you've worked out good yeah i always think that every penny i spend on a good fitness class is so worth it people who are yeah resistant to spend whatever it is 20 25 dollars i just think what an amazing investment in your health and in your social life and just meeting community right it's so powerful to get out of your home once in a while and it doesn't have to be daily right yeah, like yeah. if you're someone who loves home workouts that's great but I think if you can get out once in a while and just experience what it is to sweat with a group of people who are getting sweaty with you and who love it just as much it's there's no greater high people, at the end people always apologize when they come out and it's a sweat fest in there I'm like don't apologize that's how you thank me right that's a good sign of a good class that I am mopping up a river in there. Absolutely. All right, Cheryl, well, we have to wrap up soon. We've gone almost to the time limit, but I do want to end off on uh, just one simple question. What makes you happy? Happiness project is your thing, right? What makes you happy? Waking up. I feel lucky to wake up every day. That's what makes me happy. Love that. So simple and everyone, everyone has the choice when they wake up, exactly. right? To, change their mood and change their life really 
Um, thank you for being on the show. I find that your real talk is so needed in this world and I'm very grateful to be a friend of yours and to have your daily dose of positive inspiration on social media. So if you guys are in Toronto, definitely come check out Torque. It's in Leslieville in the east end of Toronto. They have, you know, first class intro specials and they'd love to have you out for a ride and hopefully you'll see Cheryl here when you walk in. So if you have any questions or if you want to find Cheryl online, she's at chef underscore inked on Instagram. And I'll chat a bit more about a couple of really cool events that she has coming up. So if you want to go meet her in person, there'll be a couple opportunities to do that. So thanks for being on the show, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. Do you me. have any last words or? Be happy. Be happy. Keep smiling. Keep smiling. Keep dancing. Keep dancing. Be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thanks, guys. We did it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Visionary Life. It's the first interview that I'm airing with many more in the pipeline. So thanks for working with me through the kinks that I'll experience on this journey of podcasting and any little glitches in sound. But I really pride myself on hopefully having good audio for you. I hope you'll take the time to connect with Cheryl and soak up some of her contagious positivity I look forward to the daily daily videos I see on Instagram and the smiles that they bring to my face are truly priceless. So besides finding Cheryl on Instagram, you can also visit Torque Ride where you'll be able to catch an indoor cycling class, a very sweaty one, and meet the incredible community there. And Cheryl will also be at a couple of upcoming events in Toronto. So if you are local to the area, I want to share quickly um, about those. So the first event is called Celebrating the Art and Science of Communication, and this is being held at Ferris 360 on Young Street. It looks to be a combo of fitness and motivational speakers, but you can learn more about it at www.2thenumber.toronto.com, so 2.0 Toronto. Looks like it's a really great three-hour event bringing together some of the top minds in wellness, art, science of communication. Cheryl will also be doing an event with the Broadview Hotel for International Women's Day, so stay up to date with Cheryl to hear more about that. I'd love for you to join my Insiders community. Just search Visionary Life on Facebook. Inside there, we talk about our favorite books, podcasts, tools, and tips that make our lives easier. We talk about the tough and challenges, tough times and challenges faced as an entrepreneur, and again, all things visionary. I like to take these podcast discussions offline as well inside this Facebook group, so I will see you over there. You can also find me on Instagram at Kelsey Rydell. As always, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. If you have a moment, you can do it from your phone. I send a beautiful essential oil blend and visionary love note from me to everyone who leaves a rating and review, okay? So don't just tap the stars. Make sure that you write a little comment as well. And once you do that, just screenshot it and send it to me on Instagram or Facebook or my email with your shipping address, and I will send you your little love note. And if you think I'm joking, I am not. So <laughs> give it a try and see if you get something in the mail from me. 